Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. Robert Kiyosaki, what a joy to have you. You know, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, God. When I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I have to tell you, I had such an epiphany because you know, you and I know each other that I come from a communist regime and I moved to this country. And so when you come from a communist regime, you know that bad things happen to good people, that the world is not what it appears to be. And when I read your book, I'll tell you what came up for me. I thought it's the emperor's new clothes. We get told all these things and they're not true. The narrative is not true. And I want to know from you, when did you, I mean, you, you were living the rich dad, poor dad life between your dad and your, and your neighbor. When did you have the epiphany like that we all have that it's like, wow, things are not what they appear to be. This linear path that we're being fed as sheep is not true. Well, as you know, like you're from a communist country and um, you kind of know it when you're living there. And you know, like, right. I talk to so many people who say, well, the first thing they do when they come to America is to go to like Walmart or Safeway. And, <laughs> and they just can't believe how much Americans have, but how much we don't appreciate it. That's right. You say, That's true. They don't know. So my epiphany came because I was like 10 years old. So I was studying with my rich dad as my best friend's father. And my poor dad was a PhD from Stanford and all that. <clears throat> and they both say exactly the opposite things. You know, one says go to school, one says school's a waste of time, you know. One says save money. My rich dad says don't save money. You know, it's like my rich dad, if he didn't pay taxes, that's why he's a real estate guy. And he believed in property. My poor dad, PhD, had nothing. But he was proud of it. And this is America. I've been living in Hawaii. I'm fourth generation American, Japanese American, and we have nothing, but it was up here. Yeah. And so that's why when I first talked to you, I'm going, you understand it because you grew up in it. That's right. That's right. So one of the things that you talk so much about is this idea that when we're told, go to school, be a good kid, leave school, go get a job. It's really like they're sending you out to the pasture because it's really the worst choice for you because you're going to pay the most tax, you're working for the man, but all of us have worked for other people. I know you have too. You've worked in corporations. So talk about that and what, and, and again, that second round of epiphany of you working in a corporation and realizing this is for the birds. Well, it's for some people getting a job and working hard is heaven for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that was, yeah. that was my poor dad. He was a school teacher. He's an academic professor, you know, superintendent of education. He got job security, he got steady paycheck, he got a pension. That's what he wanted. Because mm -hmm. it's secure, because that's secure. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And you took the leap of faith. And once you, it's like, once you start going over that cliff, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back. Even and, though it's scary. Uh, Even though it's scary. Oh, God, it's horrifying. But the freedom of entrepreneurship in capitalist countries is, you know, you, you just keep going until hopefully you survive. But as you know, you love it. I love it. It's worth it. And a lot of people don't make it, as you know. Nine out of ten don't make it. 
So it's not for everybody, should I say. Some people should be employees. I mean, the truth of the matter, though, is that in spite of, of all of the issues in this country, you're right. We have the ability to actually create great things. Going back to, to you working in a corporation and realizing there are other ways in this country to live and make money and, and prosper. Tell, I want to hear, because I've never heard you talk about working at like IBM and all these jobs that you've had, that you had. How did you know it's time to get out of here and do and, and live a different life? So if you get a job as an employee, this is worldwide, Nelly. So I, I, my second book was The Cashflow Quadrant. He I love asked that book. Me, yes, it was, people love that book more than Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But they say E's pay 40% in tax. Okay, so if you, you quit the E and you say, I'm going to start my oh, own business, like you have, you pay the second highest taxes. No, the first right. highest taxes. You pay 60%, 60%. in tax. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I understand until that. Until we learn, until we learn all the loopholes, correct? Yeah, they're not really loopholes. They're uh, what I call incentives. Incentives, yeah. Yeah, and the government wants you to do certain things. So E's pay 40%, self-employed or small business pay 60%. Guys like me, as business owners, I have 500 employees. We pay 20%. But if you're an insider, if you're an inside investor, you pay 0%. So I pay 0%. But if you're a small business owner and you learn about all these things, you can you can then write more things off. But if you're, you're right. No, no, it's not about that. You can pay 0 Right. The reason I invest in real estate is if you understand the tax law. So I use I don't save cash. I you know I save gold and silver. I don't save cash because what I use is debt as money. So when I need money, I borrow. And and then guys like Dave Ramsey, you know, he says live debt free. Well, screw you, man. You know what I mean, debt is free money. No tax money. You got to understand no, I know, the I, law. I, you know, I think we have to explain that to people because, listen, I since I'm an immigrant, I also I fall prey to that fear of having debt. But you should. But the when you hear about Jeff Bezos and all these people, I don't think people realize Jeff Bezos has no money. He borrows money, and then he never has. He's in debt, so he doesn't owe anything to taxes. And I think when in my office when. Donald Trump, when they were saying Donald Trump didn't pay tax and everybody was up in a, you know, all the young kids are going, oh no. I go, you should, you can't be mad at him for that because that's what it should be. The other thing that nobody talks about is when you deal with normal accountants and you try to, you, you, you try to use the tax laws in your favor, they go, you're going to get audited and you do get audited. I've gotten yes. audited five times. And I, luckily I've never had to pay a penny because I did everything right. But I think we need to talk about that because you know, I can only imagine that you are out saying all these things that you've been audited many times. I would have to think. <clears throat> so what? It's a free country. Okay, so talk about that. So wait, this is tax-free wealth. It's an incentive. They want you to donate money. When I use debt, when I borrow, let's say, I borrowed $20 million last year to buy real estate. $20 million is tax-free money. So I use the $20 million, so I do a five-to-one leverage on it. So I buy a $100 million property. That $100 million property is then appreciation, depreciation, amortization. So I depreciate $100 million. I pay no taxes on my income. Right. I get when I when the property appreciates, zero taxes. 
appreciation, depreciation, amortization. So my tenant is paying off my building. Robert, I want to go back to leaving your job because we have so many young listeners that are coming out of school. I want, you know, going back to you working in a company and then when do you decide to leave or if it's not for everybody, should you be investing? Can we go back to that? Like, what do we, if we're saying to kids, you know, all the stuff that you're learning in school, you're not learning money, you leave school and you know nothing. What, what are some possible options for young people? Well, you know, one of the reasons I recommend like network marketing, you know, like Amway and those things. The reason is if you're going to be an entrepreneur, your number one skill of an entrepreneur is not your college degree. Your number one skill is can you sell? Because sales equals income. And nine out of 10 of those young people leaving school or business that quit their jobs, nine out of 10 will fail because they can't sell. You know, so when I was in 1974, I was getting out of the Marine Corps. And I asked my poor dad, what should I do? This is in Hawaii. I was stationed in Hawaii for my last tour. And then my poor dad says, go to school, get your PhD. And I asked my rich dad, what should I do? He said, go learn how to sell. So for these for these young kids today, you're saying the first thing they should think about is learn to sell. and learn. Yeah, I would, join a, I would learn a network marketing company. You know, I, I used to work construction because my father, my poor dad gave me no money. So I'd pour concrete for my rich dad, you know, building houses and apartments, stuff like this. But when you pour concrete, you have to pour it onto rebar, you know, the reinforcing metal spikes inside the concrete. And so what sales gives you is the rebar, the guts, it's your courage. That's what gets you through, not your college degree. You've talked about 2008, how much you did in, in real estate in 2008 because the interest rates were low, but now the interest rates are high. So can you talk about what investments you're looking at for this year that you're recommending? Well, the thing I look at is, again, financial literacy or financial education, okay? You have to understand the financial markets. So I'll tell you this. I started my my first silver coin I bought in 19, when I was 17 years old in 1964. Because in 1964, President Johnson took the U.S. silver coins, took the silver out of our coins. Mm. In 1971, Nixon took the gold out of our coins. If you understand that, you understand what was happening to our money. Wow. So I bought my first silver coin. I bought a first gold coin. And this year, I took my first gold mine public. This is on New York wow. Stock Exchange. Call sign ODV. Check it out. O D V. Wow. And where it's is that gold mine? In a place called Provo, Utah. But I took this public in, in 2000, uh, 2022, and I became a billionaire because of this. Mm. I don't, I don't know shit. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have an MBA. I have a Bachelor of Science, but I have cojones and rebar, you know. And I, and I have, I have smart friends, if you know what I mean. And then you have a good team. Well, you talk like a lot about guy. the team. You have, a, you do have. Uh, a well, this guy team. here is essential to me my tax guy, Tom Wheelwright. But you've got to have smart people too. Well, I always say that to my son, find people that are smarter than you and, and a team. Without a team, we can't do everything. 
No. Right? So so it is about investing and and investing your money in different things. And you always say that you Jeez. don't like that you don't buy paper. You don't like paper. You no I because like no because uh, what's happening? What happened? So I don't have any stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. I don't have none of that. My real estate is in areas next to oil companies. It's like in Houston, my apartment houses are next to oil companies. My my apartment in Texas are next to hospitals. Does it make sense to you? Yeah. As long as you have jobs, your real estate will do fine, except in California. But anyway. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> No, no, I'm only kidding. I'm no, giving it's you a, true. I'm it's true. Listen, right now, it's time. horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So, so you're saying if you're going to buy real estate, go to areas where there is there are jobs, there's population. Correct. I Hold on, moneymaker. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so with all that being said, what do we do? What is the what is the silver lining? What are we to do? Well, silver what do we lining do financially, huh? Plata, plata e oro. <laughs> plata e oro. So we better collect plata e oro quick. Yeah. So you can go like to coin, you can go to any coin dealer right now, uh, and you can buy real silver. A coin, a U.S. silver coin, is about thirty five dollars today. When I was Younger in the seventies, silver was fifty dollars. Mm. It's thirty dollars today. So every time we fired our rockets and all that, and every Tomahawk missile fire being fired into Russia today, mm-hmm. there's ten ounces of silver in it. Every solar panel is silver in it. Every you know EV, every Tesla is silver in it. All electrical circuits have silver in it. But silver, the price is suppressed today because the rich guys like me are buying as much as they can. I own the mine in Argentina. A silver mine? I own silver and gold. <laughs> you don't play. But, but but you can buy a silver coin for 35, a U.S. silver eagle for 35 bucks. It's the biggest bargain ever because I said when I was like 20, 25 years old, it was $50, same coin. And you can buy a gold coin today for about $2,000. And I was buying gold at $50. So it doesn't mean, I my, the first gold coin I ever bought, I bought in Hong Kong because in 1973, it was illegal for Americans to own gold. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. And so it was illegal in 1973 for Americans to own gold. And so I went to Hong Kong. I bought a South African Kruger and one ounce of gold. I paid $50 for it. I still have that gold coin. It's probably worth 2000 today. Same coin. $50 that, to 2000 Now, how did you learn all this? Is it from being around smarter people? Besides, no, yeah, you I, had to be around other people to learn hmm. how, to, how to invest. Well, when I came home, I started talking to my rich dad more seriously. Because my poor dad said, you know, because I flew these things, my poor dad wanted me to get a job flying for American Airlines or United Airlines. And they get my PhD. I said, no, I won't do that because I know better. I wouldn't get a job. I wouldn't become a doctor or a lawyer. 
I don't buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. You know, I just don't do those things. I'm an entrepreneur. I start gold mines. And I pay no taxes. So in the last fall in 2008, you did very, very, very well. So there's always a way in a bad economy to make a lot of money. But this time the interest rates are high. So is there a silver lining right now for those of us Plata. that... We go back to silver. I'm being very serious. I would buy silver coins, real silver, either Canadian or US. And you're saying silver because it's undervalued right now and oh. gold is overvalued. So silver supplies are going down, gold supplies are going up. That tells and us silver what today is $20 an ounce, 35 if you buy a coin. It's a, as I'm Nelly. I know, find a coin dealer right now. Don't buy collectibles. <laughs> Just find a coin dealer and buy one silver U.S. coin or a Canadian or a Mexican. And you started. And then as I bought my first, I, I bought my first coin when I was 17 in 1964. Today I own the silver mines in Argentina. And I own the gold mine in Provo, Utah. I sold that gold mine to Yamana, Yamana, and I made a fortune there too. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not an employee. We know I that. A, <laughs> I, had a, I had a rich dad, and I didn't follow my poor dad. My poor dad was a good man, but I wouldn't hire him. Jimmy? I get it. Now, I have, you know, that since I'm Latina and I, and I live in this country, and, you know, part of, our, of what we do on this show is I do the show in Spanish. But, you know, the, the dilemma that we have as, as Latinos is that we come here and in the country that we were at, you know, many of our, our kids disappeared when they spoke up and all that. So we come here and we're quiet. And many Asians come here and are quiet, as you know, right. and, and, and feel like they have to just work and be good and be goody two-shoes and don't rock the boat. And so you see these groups of people that are huge in numbers that should own the economy of the United States, and they're not. And it breaks my heart because I look at Latinos. There was a there was a study that just came out by Aspen and McKinsey that the last two years were the worst two years in forty years for Latinos in the United States. Even though Latinos are the greatest majority, they're the, they're hardest, the hardest working people. people. That's right. So, can you tell me? I mean, help me help them. How can we get these people to stop? just being goody two-shoes and 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 sort of take back what is what they deserve with the amount of people that they have and the and the amount of buying power they have. Well, you're doing it right now by having people like me on the show. Okay. If you understand, you know, financial literacy, you'll see all this happen. So if let's let's finish with what advice we have for these young kids today. And kids have gone through the pandemic, they're messed up, they're coming out of college. It, they're in a, a country that's divided. There's, a, we've had more inflation. I don't know how any of us are eating anywhere. It's everything is doubling. What is the silver lining for these kids? What are you saying to these young kids? You gotta build. You know, like you have, you have, you have. Nelly, the person I know is the strong, strong Latina, beautiful with strong, and that strength is crucial. The internal strength. But today, you have to have that uh, cojones, this core strength. 
Robert, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours. I thank you so much for doing this with us. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nellie Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.